3: Hey guys, this is Greg with the Grindline Podcast, and I'm here to talk to you about DraftKings. With mobile betting now live in Michigan, it has never been easier to get in on the action and make those games mean just a little bit more. All you have to do is set your lineup, sit back, and watch your games. It's that simple. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion, that's billion with a B, to users across all sports. So work on filling that wallet today with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Everybody, we got a big show tonight. We have a special guest, Max Boltman, is joining us from the Athletic. I am also joined tonight by Ryan and Tyler. Uh, Max, how you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing well, guys. How are you?
3: Uh, we've uh, we've been better, you know, with the way the current season is going. That so, do I, I not do that. the ESPN opening this time around?
2: Is that is that a no go this time?
3: No, we don't need the <laughs> very dramatic <laughs> ESPN so opening
2: music. So we're not
3: serenading Max. No. I'm pretty sure we dropped listener base from it last time, so we will not be doing the. I kind of want to hear it. Oh, if you go listen, I did the actual ESPN opening NHL on ESPN music, and then um, Tyler and Ryan did a horrible, horrible rendition
1: of the. I think we have
2: differing opinions of the definition of horrible.
1: It was bad. I think it was fantastic it to be is, honest with you. <laughs> one's a copyright violation and one's not. So
3: it's only a copyright violation if you do it for longer than ten seconds. So I saved us there a little bit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so we got a we got a little bit to talk about tonight. The uh, trade deadline, if you don't know, is uh, is fast approaching. I think it's like the twelfth of next month. Max wrote a good article uh, recently on it. And I think that's what we have to talk a little bit about tonight is the trade deadline. Um, but first, I want to get a kind of um, a little bit of your overview of the season, what you kind of expected, what you didn't expect, if there's anything that was surprising to you that has come out of it so far. Because to us, it's been, um, I think, a lot of what we expected and maybe just a little more sad than we thought it would be.
1: That's not a bad description. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I was expecting this team to take a meaningful step forward from last year and still finish right around that bottom three mark. I believe that's right where they're at. I haven't looked at the standings today to say for sure, but uh, I think they're they're pretty much checking those two boxes. Um, there have been a few games that have certainly looked a lot more like last season, and I'm thinking of the blowout loss they had in Chicago. There was a first period against Tampa that was really ugly. Trying to think of the others, there was one not too long ago that was pretty rough. Maybe the Carolina game was pretty
0: Carolina,
2: rough. Carolina, yeah, yeah, Columbus um, as well.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes, um,
2: a lot but, actually. Now that we think about it,
1: <laughs> well, you know, four, four or five, and uh, honestly, as it as strange and arguably sad as it is to say, only four or five of those is still a pretty big upgrade on, on what. Yeah, absolutely. Was like for these guys at times, so. Um, I certainly wouldn't tell you that they've that they've solved all their problems. I think there's still a pretty clear talent gap on most nights between them and their opponents. But what I've been impressed by this year is I think they've managed that talent gap a whole lot better in, in their style of play. They're keeping these games closer, and, and part of that is just adding guys like Troy Stetcher, like John Merrill, like Bobby Ryan, like Vladislav Domestikov, who really give them an upgrade on some of the guys who... Uh, departed in the off season, but I also think a part of it is a real buy in to this uh, style of play that kind of embraces games where maybe not a lot happens, and maybe you and I don't enjoy watching them quite as much. But it keeps them in the game, and I, don't, I think it's pretty hard to deny that. So I think that's where they've succeeded, and and you know where they've where they've still uh, fallen behind is just they still don't have those game breaking players, and and really their top scorers haven't scored at the same level as a year ago. And if you're looking for an area that's been worse than expected, I think you'd have to start there right at the top of the forward
2: group.
3: Yep. Yeah. I think that, uh, I, I, our defense has been I think better than a lot of people thought it was going to be, but it's because it was a big turnaround. Um, but yeah, those boring games, those boring games aren't for us. Those boring games are for Iserman. Yeah, that's
1: exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think the defensive part has been our, maybe the best surprise, if you will. And to your point of Max, of who they brought in, I, I think for the system and what we've tried to see Blash will do the last couple of years has been really cycling with the D and we've seen it this year with like stall stature, really the entire defensive core. Does it seem like to you, they're pushing more up in the offensive zone and really starting to get a better rotation with the forward group? Cause I feel like last year, if they would have tried that, it was a two on one, three on one going the other way with no, no issue at all. Cause no, there's just nothing going on.
1: Well, I'm glad you brought up Stahl, because I certainly did not expect to see him activating as often as he has <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> when they traded for him. I mean, seriously, like this was a guy who they they got a second round pick to take him. It was from a New York throwaway. You yeah, know, like this was you got outgoing Jonathan Erickson and Trevor Daly, and I'm not necessarily expecting Mark Stahl to come in and be the antidote. Maybe you're expecting that from Merrill, but. I think Mark Stahl's been a lot better than I expected, gave him credit for, all that stuff. And I kind of think that's even more impressive when you consider that this is a guy who left the franchise that drafted him in a you know tough way, gets traded to the last place team that had a historically bad season. He'd have had every license in a shortened COVID year to mentally check out, yeah. and the opposite has happened, and he has gotten back to, I think, what I would term like a respectable level. Including through what you were just talking about, activating offensively, which I would have never in a million years guessed <laughs> in August was no. going to be something that I was saying about how Stahl had had held his own here. Like I, I've been, I've been mm-hmm. pretty impressed by uh, you know, and, and it's on a sliding scale. It's not like he's been you know outstanding or anything, but he's been pretty solid.
3: Yeah, I don't think we were expecting Mark Stahl and positive impact to be used in the same sentence
2: for his first uh, ten games, especially not. Yeah. Really, I think that you can say that as a whole, though.
0: Yeah, Max, you touch on uh, the fact that they've been better offensively from their defense, but they've also been pretty good defensively as well, yes. and I think that's, oh, that goes back to your point of, of making these games not as watchable, but a lot more defensively structured. And you, what, what guy sticks out to you defensively that has kind of, you know... Filled that gap and, and looked a lot better uh, John from the defensive Merrill, part of the game,
1: right? Yeah. John Merrill, I think he's been. I, I honestly think they need to extend him for a few oh, yeah. seasons here. Like he's been very steady. I think he was. A, I hate the stat, but he was a plus four against Tampa the other night <laughs> on the Red Wings. Against <laughs> I think Tampa.
3: I think when we talked about John Merrill last, it was um, John Merrill is not noticeable, but that's what you want from a defensive defenseman. Is you don't want to say, oh, look, there's John Merrill. He turned over the puck. Oh, there's John Merrill with a, a bad giveaway in the offensive zone. Mm-hmm. It's, if it's a quiet night for John Merrill and the score is not like 8-2, to two, John Merrill's doing his job
1: yeah i think he's pretty good in all like he, he's pretty good at getting back into the d zone this is something that cider does well into the d zone and getting the puck moving back up ice again and not letting it linger too long and and let the opposing forecheck get in on you too much like i think Stahl helps him in every zone and um you know part of that is just by you know not letting him get hemmed in and, and not having to defend so much but part of it is by you know exactly what you're saying like he'll 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 push guys around and he'll be that stout you know, in zone defender. So I think he, he helps him a lot of ways. And I think he's the epitome of it. Stetcher. I think everybody um, has liked, you know, his, his all heart and soul every single second he's out there.
0: Yeah. I'm in the camp of Stetcher being the best defenseman on the
1: team. My, my co-host Prashant is in that same, that same camp. Yeah.
3: We're, I'm, I think that's where we're at right now, though. Hironic may be trying to take that back over after the last game, but uh, he was, he was spotty through the first part of the season. What we're going to get to tonight is uh, kind of the what we brought you on for, and that's to talk a little bit of trade deadline, which could be interesting for the Red Wings, their main pieces being people like Luke Glendening, like Bobby Ryan. Uh, even You could even see a goalie trade happen in a Jonathan Bernier. And you did write about that today, and like I said, the piece was really good. Uh, I just kind of want to get a little bit, maybe if I could squeeze a little bit more out of you. Uh, and, and just talk about maybe a, a surprise trade we might see happen because I know in an article uh, a little bit ago uh, there was an, a person in the NHL who said he wouldn't be surprised to see Steve Iserman trade one of the younger players.
2: I believe that was in Craig's uh, <coughs> article, wasn't it? Craig
1: and the Trade Board. Yes. Yeah. So trade board one there.
3: And to me, and I know everyone loves to hop on the trade Anthony Mantha train. Um, because the, the days that he's off are the days that everyone hates him. Um, but I think it, it could equally be someone like Tyler Bertuzzi that could be traded.
1: So the one thing I'll say about this is, well, first of all, uh, it it would not stun me either. I just think that it's not likely to happen. Like I wouldn't be sitting around on deadline day wondering when this news is going to drop or something. Like it wouldn't stun me if it happened. But I don't think it's, I have not gotten the impression that that's likely, especially at the deadline. I mean, one thing that, that you got to take into account here is when you have a player like that who has term and who there's no urgency to trade or, or is going to be an RFA and there's no urgency to trade um, in season before they walk like you have with a pending UFA, it can sometimes be easier to do that um, at the draft or in the offseason and partly because it there's more teams um, still in the fray then. Like that's kind of the start of a new year, and, and every team's t- in theory back in it, right? Whereas if they were to make a move on an important piece that has term or is an RFA right now, you're really limiting yourself to teams that you know have have cap space, are buyers, are contenders, yeah. you know, all this stuff. Like so,
3: you're waiting um, for them to hit the reset button.
1: Yeah, like you know, I'm not. I don't. I'm not saying a move is likely in the off season either. But I do think that if it was going to happen, it would make more sense to me for for the Red Wings to be able to do something like that when there's a fuller market. Now, it only ever takes one team to yeah. change that. It only, yeah. only ever takes one team that says, "That's my guy. I'm going to get him now." But you know, so while I it wouldn't stun me either, and and certainly. Um, Craig is one of the very best reporters in the NHL, so he doesn't put that out there lightly. No. You know what I mean?
3: He's um, not making it saying, up. Like, you know, you got no, the conversation so started.
1: But, but in, <laughs> and it's a, it's a really good conversation to have, and I think what it does is it really illustrates how, you know, open the possibilities are. I just always want to make sure that I also tell people don't plan on this. I wouldn't call that. Likely at this time. Do you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, it's like a don't Mm -hmm. get your hopes up kind of thing. Don't don't expect a blockbuster just to be disappointed later on.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it.
2: And the market may not be as good for what we would expect for one of those players too because for one, Bertuzzi's been hurt. Mantha, like you mentioned, he's got those couple years of term. So, I mean, in a way, it's a lower cap hit in comparison to some of the bigger names that we're used to seeing out there. But with the stagnant cap the next several years, it doesn't necessarily benefit a team that we would typically see. And I think that part of it also with those two guys, it really changes things a lot as well.
1: I don't know what you guys thought at the time the deal was signed. Me personally, I look at that and thought that's a pretty good deal well, for the Red Wings. Yeah. Now, obviously he hasn't followed it up the way that I think you'd probably like to see him do. Um, right. But I, I don't think this was quite like the Jeff Skinner situation or anything like that, Ooh. you know? Yeah. <sighs>
0: We're,
2: we're fortunate in that sense.
0: If that was going to be something that would happen, Iserman would have to be blown away, right?
1: Uh, it, it's really hard to say. I, I, Iserman keeps things really close to the to the vest that way, so I can't pretend to know what's in his head. <laughs> no one can. Um, yeah. That so doesn't so make it exciting can- for you? He like, keeps
0: things uh, c- closer lipped than uh, Bill Belichick does, which is impressive. <laughs> well, I don't know Bill either,
1: but I think that's a fair assessment from what I've
0: read. So now, but talking about people,
3: you know, you said there are teams that are going to go. That's my guy, and go out and do whatever they can to get them. Sure. And and there are guys, and we got a couple questions from Twitter about Jonathan Bernier, who who has been spectacular this season. He he started the season the way he ended last, in. I, I almost expected it, and it's good that it came through. And uh, we got a couple, like, if we could get a second rounder for Bernier, would it even be worth it? Can we win a game without him? And if he's traded at the deadline, do you just hope Grice, like, oh. excels.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you signed Grice to be, to be the, you know, I think they're paying him more than they're paying Bernier. So you signed him to be at least a... A steady share and presumably with the understanding that he might have to take the Lions share for some amount of time. I think yeah. Grice was the opening night starter, if I'm right. Yeah,
3: and he's making 600000 more than Bernier right now.
1: So there you go. So um, to me, yeah, like if you're trading Bernier, you're certainly turning to Grice as the next man up. Um, now, I don't think you have to trade Bernier. I think you could make a really good case based on how he's played for the last 15 months. To extend Jonathan Bernier. Absolutely. Um, but if if you know, what was the what was the number you said? Second round pick?
3: Yeah. If you could even get a second round pick from him, would it be worth it at this point? Yeah.
1: If you could yeah. get a second round pick, I think you do that. I mean, I, the Red Wings have three second round picks in this draft, and um, now granted, a contender second round pick is in the probably in the fifties, and you have to weigh that into consideration. But you know, this is a draft that when I look at it, I see there's a little bit of uncertainty in you know the OHL guys who a lot of people yeah. haven't seen. There's some Swedish juniors who their league got cut short and, you know, some of them have gone on loan to the Allsvenskin. Um you know, but others, you know, I, I don't I don't know how that's played out for all the other Swedish junior draft eligibles. I haven't necessarily maybe followed that as closely as I should have. But those are a couple of areas where uh you might have kids who have been under scouted uh, the ohl and QMJHL, i think fall into that same bucket so if i'm a gm if i'm an amateur scouting director i'm saying i want as many darts this year and i, I want this every year but i really want it this year as possible um, because even if we don't have uh, in my amateur scouting department again i'm the gm here uh complete certainty what we could do is you know Take our best shot and hope that uh, you're gonna you're gonna land on someone who shouldn't have gone there. Right. So if if you're the Red Wings or if you're uh, who are some other rebuilders here, guys, help me out. Ottawa, Ottawa, Jose, Buffalo, Rangers, Buffalo, night, is Buffalo, a great one. Yeah, um, I'm loading up on picks if I'm any of those teams because I want the best chance of of if some kid in Ontario or some Swedish junior kid that didn't have time to really pop in the second half uh, if they slide to the second round I want as many shots to almost whether it's by accident or just a good hunch or what uh, I want as many shots as possible to be the team that ends up with that guy I want four or five second round picks and I want seven or eight picks total between the second and third round right now the Red Wings have five so I think you're looking to pick up you know, it, I think it, like I wrote today, I think it's probably most likely that they're talking about third round picks at this deadline yep. because of the way the market is. But if you got a, an offer of a second round pick, boy, for an expiring deal, I don't know how you turn that down for any of them. It's, We'd be partying for that one.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I, I, to your point, you also want as many chances to where maybe if you need to package a few picks to move up to take that yes. guy, that guy mm-hmm. you can't believe is still on the board. Great
1: point. At twenty four or exactly. whatever. Exactly. Like, yeah. Holy cow! I've yeah. got this guy at at fifteenth. How am I? You know, how, how do I get up at you know seven spots, eight spots? The Red Wings will probably be picking. Thirty fourth or thirty fifth, right? Yeah. So, so you're trying to get up, you know, 10, 11 spots. Can can thirty four and a late forty move you up? Exactly, or or mm-hmm. even a third at that point. You know, yeah. You, can, you know, to move up that many spots, you're, you're probably right. You're, it's probably another second. Um, so yes, you want to be able to do that, and you want to be able to do that, um, a couple times potentially if you need to. And and then you know, the other thing is we t- one of the leagues we just talked about there, uh, is Sweden and the Red Wings have drafted a lot of guys out of Sweden in the last couple years, that tells me that they have a lot of confidence in their Swedish operation. Um, That tells me that if if that's a league that maybe they have an edge in or, or feel like they can get a lot of good information out of um, maybe that is an area where they can even be kind of confident that they can uh, get some good under-the-radar players in that. I mean, that they got Albert Johansson in the second round. He's looking like a really nice yeah. pick in the late second round. Jonathan Berggren, yeah, they got him at the top of the second. I don't know if you can find that. like a, You can call that a total steal, but he's off to a really, really great start. There. Look at Elmer Soderblom. Elmer, mm-hmm. yeah, that's perfect. He's, I should have with that sixth-round pick, and he, he all of a sudden uh, is, is really on the radar. So. Yes, I, I think uh, seconds and third round picks. You know, I I wouldn't bet on a second round pick for any of these pending UFAs. But if you get one, be really happy. And, and, and I'd try to pile up two or three third round picks if you can.
2: Yeah, yeah they're, they're pretty barren after the third round. They've got two picks, including their own in the third round this year. I wouldn't be surprised. Do you think these futures could be in the in the, in the running here? Because he's got two Future picks. In the, yeah, futures, like second, third round, fourth round. Because we know sure, the last I mean, couple years they've the been just couple com- deadlines, yeah. It's just been crazy for them. So they've got five p- picks between the second and third round this year, but next season and the year after, it's just their own pick. Yeah. So maybe yeah. the future for Bernier is someone that could maybe bet bet their money on or whoever else it is that's out there. I could see. The thing you can do too. is ask
1: for prospects. I mean, if, yeah. if teams are yeah. willing to part with picks, you can say, okay, well can I have uh, a guy that you drafted in the fourth round last year who I've liked the guy that you drafted in the third round last year that I liked instead of a fourth round pick or a third round pick. Can I just get your last third? I mean, I think that's tougher because once, once, once those picks have a name, they have a face, the organization knows exactly how much they like them. I do think that's probably tougher, but you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a little bit of a shift. Okay. You can't give me a second round pick. Give me the guy you drafted in the third round last year or two years ago or something like that. Um, I don't know. I'm just I'm just trying to get creative here. I'm not saying to expect this without a shadow of a doubt. I'm just saying I do think the prices at this deadline might be a little bit of a letdown for someone who's expecting what guys got last year, uh, and it's just mm-hmm. a different world we live in, but maybe, maybe there's a way to get creative, and maybe there's a hidden upside to it um, as well.
3: Awesome. Now, our last question for you tonight is going to be, what do you want? For face off, master Luke (laughs) Glendenning, just like every now it's every broadcast, it's just floored by his face. Now they like track his face offs and everything, and it's he, uh, it's impressive, extremely impressive what he has been able to do in the face off. Dot, Um, but I remember Ken Holland, the the rumors of Ken Holland not wanting to take anything less than like a third round pick for Luke Glendenning. And just not not getting maybe not getting the offers that that he was expecting, um, but I think with the way Glenn Denning, I think is your perfect um, uh, per, would fit perfectly on a playoff contending team.
1: Yeah, I want for him to be somewhere that his his attributes really shine. Like that's I think that's uh, you know I've covered him for a few years now, uh, and I I, I really. Have come to appreciate his game and I wasn't on the beat yet in his heyday um, when he was shutting down Tyler Johnson in that 2015 playoff series against the Lightning um, but you know getting to, to be around his game and, and him you know as a person too I think he's he's kind of a funny guy uh, you know he, he uh, I I guess I would have expected him to be very serious and I've heard him he's, he's, he's been really funny a couple of times when I've talked to him in the past and so uh, yeah, I I hope that that uh, if if they do trade Luke Lending, I hope that he has success uh, wherever he goes, and and I think his game will shine even more in the playoffs.
3: And you're still on the third round pick train, right? Most of the thing, you you're guessing third rounds for most people.
1: Uh, yeah. My the impression I get is that if the Red Wings got a second round pick, people in the league I think would say they did great, and so that tells me. Mm-hmm that a third round pick is probably more likely. You know what I mean?
2: Yep. I don't think any team would be that desperate per se on a guy like Luke Lindenning to spend that high on him, even though a second round pick for them would be pushing around 60, 50 to 60 range. But so, yeah, that'd be, I'd be amazed if he, if, if I manages to to pull off something like that.
1: I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I just think that's the l- less likely outcome. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, Again, it goes back. Like if if some team says, "What what we need is a fourth line center." Well, I don't know if there's too many better fourth line centers in the NHL. Than
3: I don't we. know if there's any better fourth line center in the NHL. Sure, for, for what you happen. want,
1: I mean, you know, that's a matchup matchup center who, like you said, is going to win two out of three face offs who can, you know, like they, they use him on the penalty kill a lot. I, I really have a hard time identifying what makes a good penalty killer. And so since the Redmond's penalty kill isn't very good, especially, <laughs> but but he seems to be a very trusted penalty killer, right? Yeah, and he's really he's respected. Immobile. Yeah, you know, I asked John Cooper about Glenn Denning uh, earlier this last week, I guess, and, and he had a lot of complimentary things to say. So this is a really respected player without a shadow of a doubt. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, get it. it only takes that one team to say, this is the guy we need, you know, mm-hmm. but I just wouldn't get your hopes up for that.
3: And how would that story be a uh, walk on at Michigan undrafted NHL player goes and wins a
1: Stanley cup, goes like, and wins a Stanley cup. That's right. I mean, that's phenomenal.
2: That's, that's the, my wife will be crushed.
1: <laughs> the story writes itself. <laughs> Maybe he comes back to Detroit after that. You never know. Like, he
2: could, I, he would be one that I would ha- welcome back with open arms if that was the case. Yeah. I think yeah.
1: that's, that's the prevailing sentiment. I think.
3: Well, Max, we know your time is tight tonight. Uh, we want to thank you for coming on to talk a little bit of trade deadline, taking some questions. Uh, would love to have you back uh, around the end of the season, around draft time, to talk a little bit prospects.
1: that would be my pleasure. I've got uh, the Michigan-Minnesota Big Ten semifinal on in the background as we're talking right now. And uh, there's a few kids at that uh, <laughs> Me too. At alma mater <laughs> worth talking about. <laughs> now, are you guys running a subscription special right now? We are. Thank you for asking. Yes, it's a one dollar promo, uh, one dollar per month promo for a subscription, which is a great discount. I think that's like eighty percent off. I don't think I've ever seen a better deal than that. Have you guys?
3: No, not at all. No. Nope. No, that's better than like my. Before. No, that's better than like the when Athletic first came to be. It's better than that promo that
1: happened yeah so uh i would love if people who are listening wanted to sign up go to my twitter at m underscore boltman click on any of my links and it will be in every single one of them uh so yeah do that and uh and we've got a lot of fun coverage uh coming i've got a story coming uh later this week that i think people are going to really be excited about on the prospect frontier Uh, and then obviously plenty of plenty of good stuff as the trade deadline approaches and like you mentioned the draft which is kind of uh for red wings land the most important time of the year
3: (laughs) absolutely for the the
1: past few years (laughs) that's right
3: (laughs) for the next few awesome thanks for coming on max that's uh max gave you his twitter go follow him go subscribe to the athletic and check out his podcast wings for breakfast on all major podcast
1: platforms thanks max hey thanks so much for having me guys you guys take care you too thanks
0: max have a good one thanks max have a good one yeah thanks guys
1: all
3: right, so you guys heard Max um I guess prepare for third. Listen, you're going to get third-round picks and you're going to like it. <laughs> and I like it. I mean, I'll like I'll like third-round picks. That's fine. It's for not going to be a
2: bad th- he cuz you know what? Maybe some of these guys are going to garner more than one. And like like we mentioned earlier, it could be this year. I could really see a lot of stuff happening for next season. Just so he's stacking the deck more or less. But If you get a second rounder for any one of these players, so we mentioned Glenn Denning, we mentioned Bernier. I think Bobby Ryan has the highest upside because he's only a million dollars and maybe someone will be desperate enough to get a big scoring power play winger.
0: But I don't know. I think the fact that Bobby Ryan is cheap is a really good thing, especially given the fact where we all are in the world financially and especially in the National Hockey League pandemic-wise. Like, I mean, that would be... I mean, if if someone wants Bobby Ryan, you say, no, we want a second. And, you know, maybe you don't get that. Maybe you do get a third and a prospect. But, I mean, the Mm -hmm. bar should be high. He's going to be cheap. A lot of the teams that are at the cap um, don't want to spend a lot of money to begin with. So I mean that might be a, a golden ticket for you, you know, if if they do end up trading Bobby Ryan.
3: Yeah, maybe Bobby Ryan could be a person like like Ryan said could get you uh, a third this year and maybe a future second because with how mm-hmm. uncertain this draft is, like Max said, with the with the OHL not starting until um, like mid April at this point and not being able to see those those guys play. You really don't have a full grasp on what they can do. And that's why you said the Swedish leagues is where the Red Wings are probably going to be working overtime. Like Hakan is on flights probably every day to, to watch oh, games. He's got to be. He's got to crazy. And maybe teams will be less likely to, to send out their second round picks because it, it could be so much of a toss up this year. So mm-hmm. I think that'll make this trade now. This trade deadline could be real boring because of that, but it you know, could be surprising. Especially with the Canadian
2: teams, because that's that's going to be a big one. Because a lot of those teams up north are feeling pretty good about themselves. I mean, you look at what Toronto's doing, and now I know that the joke typically is, oh, it's a it's a weak league or a weak division. Um, but Edmonton's no joke. You gotta you put Connor McDavid on a team, and they're gonna win. And Leon Winnipeg's Dreisaitl. no joke either. Winnipeg's no joke. Toronto's no joke. There's three legit teams up there. Are
3: they just the no joke conference? We'll go with that. Calgary's uh, starting tra- to play can better you too.
2: Put the trade trademark in for that, Greg. Thanks.
3: <laughs> no, um, the no joke, the, the <laughs> Scotia Bank no joke division. Uh, like, but
2: but no, it, they're contending teams, and they've been. Gr- to that point the last several years, Toronto finally took that stride last year and really the year before that, really since ever since Austin Matthews came on board. McDavid, he turned around Edmonton, but you add maybe a Bobby Ryan or a Luke Glendening to one of these teams, Bobby Ryan, I think, would be more valuable to a Canadian team than a Luke Glendening just because the, the focus they put on scoring and how they are driving play, especially on Edmonton. I could see them coming out needing that secondary scoring and power play support, which they don't necessarily need because it's one of the most amazing power plays to watch half the time. But that's where I could see him going and maybe a little sweetness from Ken Holland over there and how willing he is to usually (laughs) part with his draft picks. Maybe that is one avenue that Iserman could go, but I could see them being in play for, but that's probably going to be sooner rather than later because they still have that 14-day quarantine and we saw with the Winnipeg and Columbus trade with Dubois and Liney Winnipeg was without Liney for, for those 14 days obviously cuz they traded him and then they didn't have Dubois he came back played in one game and then was hurt so that layoff can actually have a huge be a huge detriment to whatever team is receiving that player, if they're having to cross the border.
0: In fact, if I were the players' association, I'd be begging to try to get that out of there because that's not safe for the players to begin with. I mean, it's not. That's not. Up you to can't the, just let the, league, the players though. just sit there like that, though. I mean, that's that's just not. That's, well, I mean, they, they to can still
2: process. do something on there, but it has to be isolated, yeah. and it's. But it's up to the government. It's not up to the teams in, yeah. the, in the association.
3: And it's so it, it, it that's where I think it's going to be. That's where the trade deadline is probably going to be a little bit more boring than we thought, because a, a team like Edmonton, who's in a good position, is not going to rush out and, and go grab a, an American player who's got to come in and sit for two weeks. Yep. Like It's it makes no sense because you're wasting you're wasting time at that point with the condensed schedule and, and how few games there are going to be remaining and you look and say, "Well, you've got to sit out two weeks, and you're going to miss what up to six games or more." If they've got more back-to-back seven games, yeah, that we're not going to be- have a player we just traded for to help us win, and we're down the player we traded out. So you might see more player. You'll probably if can- if Canadian teams trade at all with teams that aren't in that division, you'll probably only see player for pick trades and player for players. I don't think they're going to want to down themselves a player. Uh, to not get one back for two weeks, especially one they believe is going to make an impact because they're trading for them.
2: Yeah, no, I I agree with that. And those top couple teams are real close to each other. I mean, Montreal and Calgary are duking out for that fourth spot. So maybe Montreal is one to watch in particular just because of the onus that Bergevin has put on winning. So maybe your top three Toronto, Winnipeg, and Edmonton stand pat, but i think the team that needs would end up making the most impactful deal if you will would likely be a edmonton. splash yeah I, I think edmonton would have to be that team cuz toronto i think they're set if they want to do something it'd be a Luke denning to ha- to seal up their their coverage and let their top players do what they got to do and keep their ice time in that sense winnipeg i don't think they're going to trade back to the us cuz we already just we just touched on that so i think edmonton right now is the canadian team to watch along with maybe montreal but Again, the cap. What can they do with the cap? And it depends on who's on IR and where they're at. And that's why the Bobby Ryan one going north I could see as a, a potential move. But it'd be it to Edmonton, in my opinion.
0: I wonder what, what the teams in Canada, like um, in terms of UFAs, are going to do. If they're just going to stand pat. Like, especially like the worst teams like Ottawa and. Um, you mean to try to ditch players? Yeah.
2: Ottawa, Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, it's in the same boat. I mean, the U.S. teams are going to have to face the same type of issue that the. Canadian you don't have teams to quarantine for
0: 14 days. Coming is it just that? a seven? Yeah, it's just yeah. seven, and I think mm, it can be okay. four if it's on a PJ. And I think if they, it can. I think it can be even
3: quicker if they pass. Um, several covid tests in a row i think it's four yeah. in a row or something yeah. like that is it so. like consecutive
2: days or consecutive tests
3: uh, i think it's consecutive tests um but they don't do tests in the same day so like if, if you're
1: right. great so if you're a canadian yeah a if,
3: if you're a canadian team trading a player out to to a u.s team it's going to be more beneficial for the u.s team because they can so you that's what you may see you may see teams like ottawa throwing like tyler said ufa players out the door to us teams because they could play them in 4 days and they'll get picks back for them but but i don't think you'll see very much of it going the other way and you sure as shit won't see the canadian teams trading with each other cuz they're all in the same division yeah so, i really
2: don't see that happen at all i mean really and the only man unless unless
3: really you have catch teams just say
0: ryan Dezingle, that's the only <laughs> ottawa player
2: Unless
3: you just Maybe see a teams say screw it now and and like because we know these these divisions aren't going to stick, so we'll just say screw it now. Trade within our division because we'll be out of it next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got to remember too you've got <laughs> you've got trade protection or you've got to protect players for the expansion draft. Yep. So that's the other thing that comes in. so You
2: can't
0: take a guy on with term.
3: No, this trade deadline is a, is going to be a giant
0: cluster. I'm looking at Vancouver. They have a ton of UFAs. They have Brandon Sutter, Tanner Pearson, Alexander Edler, who just, I believe, re-signed a one-year deal with them, but now mm-hmm. he's a UFA after this year. You have Jordy Ben, you have Travis Hamanick, uh, And well, they're, um, they're, in, they're in
2: cap hell after this season. Yep. Have, going after that, have to re-sign Gaudette, if they want to, they've got the big one is Quinn Hughes having to probably put him on a bridge deal to try to keep him around Thacker Demko or Thatcher Demko, excuse me. Yeah. So and, and that doesn't even include the fact that Elias Petterson is on IR right now. He needs to be re-signed.
3: Yeah. So, good luck. Yeah, they've got a lot of money that they're going to have to spend next season. Uh, but they do, like you said though, they do have uh, contracts dropping off. You're you're making over 4 million in Brandon Talk Sutter. Yeah, you're making over 3 almost 4 million in Tanner Pearson. Uh, but uh, but again, you have RFAs. So, do you want to keep those rights or do you want to let them walk? And yeah, Alex yeah, and they Edler's could potentially making
2: buy somebody out too.
3: Yeah, Alex Edler's making six million a year. I don't see them keeping him next season when they have to sign someone like Quinn Hughes. Yeah. Not um, 34 and he's thirty four. Yeah. So um, yeah. So it'll it'll be interesting. I think this this trade deadline to see what happens but going back to kind of and i know that reporter credentialed reporters don't want to speculate very much but hey we don't have credentials and we don't care what are you trading tyler bertuzzi for (laughs) (laughs) no it's i think you're less likely to trade a bertuzzi i honestly think if one of bertuzzi and mantha would be traded at this point it might be anthony mantha but man has anthony mantha picked his game up the last few games
2: think a lot of guys have right like like we were upset i mean we talked about this last week in regards to in really the last two weeks of how players have looked based off our very unprofessional eye opinion
3: and man did i wait too (laughs) long to post that episode talking about (laughs) philip heronic because man did he have a good game he said he
2: has looked good since then it's obviously it has nothing to do with us or that unless we really want to feed our own egos which we don't need to do but wow, that sounded even worse the way that I said that <laughs> anyways um, but no it's, it's Max made a good point and we've hit on we've kind of talked about this before is that the way that Blashel wants to run his system uh, it has clicked to an extent for this roster and we finally saw horonic like for instance this past week really take advantage of that he was jumping and pushing the play getting into the offensive zone and he was more mobile on the power play yeah and he, he did have a hiccup at one point where he went right back to his ways and was just firing from the point to no no avail but across the board it just seemed like they, they upped their game especially for the competition we saw that against the T- in the tampa win now the carolina loss this last night was i think just the the end game of how suffocating Carolina can be. And it's, it's an impressive look for hockey for what they can do. Cause it reminds me of the night that late nineties red wings where they didn't let you out of the zone. They'd st- steal the puck from you. Boom, boom, boom goal, pass, pass, pass goal. And they didn't quite score as much as you would expect it, but they did get a, a shorthand and a breakaway goal. Um, and it's just, they're holding their own and Max made this point, And that's, I think what we can ask for, because at this point last season, right before they went away, they had allowed 44 games of four goals or more. So they're, yeah. they aren't crushing that one or knocking on that door, which is a fantastic win.
3: Yeah. And I think we talked about it too. Um, we said that Hironic needed to do a lot of what juice was doing. And that's move up and create offense for yourself. And and he he had done it in the past, and he did it again, uh, the last game where he he moved up into the play. You could see it was it and it, it energizes the team when he does it because it's mm-hmm. giving them just another an additional threat that wasn't there before. So and if he can keep doing that, that that will be to his benefit like like max said right now Troy Stetcher, he'd probably agree that he's been the best defenseman on the team but I think if heronic plays consistently like he played last game he will he'll bring that title back he'll look more like a top pairing defenseman than he has the the majority of this season so far
0: yeah yep agreed there's this is this kind of goes back to the trade front um One team that has a giant hole right now and has money to spend, Anders Lee, just went down with the Islanders and it doesn't look like he's going to be back for the whole year. Yeah, no, I forgot he was out. So, I mean, could you see, you know, maybe Anthony Mantha being in their camp (laughs) or Tyler Bertuti maybe? Or is that maybe Maybe a Bobby Ryan situation? I mean,. Anders Lee find the
2: Islanders on cap friendly. Yeah.
3: Andersley is 30 years old. He's making $7 million a year and he signed through 2026 20, 27. The Islanders uh, are over the cap currently because of LTIR. Mm-hmm. And they have to re sign if they want to Casey Cizikis, uh Anthony Bolivier, uh, Michael Dal Adam Pellick, Andy Green. Uh, they have to re sign Sorokin. That one's big. Oh, so that's they're going to be their big contract. Uh, but they drop, they could drop Andy Green and save seven hundred thousand. They could drop Casey Cizikas, save three thirty five. Oh, they um, love him. Yeah, yeah, Boychuk.
2: So, He's on LTIR as well, making six million a year.
3: Yeah, and he doesn't drop off until twenty twenty two, twenty
2: three. Yep. So, What's his injury? Just off random. He
3: had like an uh, eye curiosity. injury or something. Decided to retire uh, from an eye injury. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, so he he is a Zetterberg situation, yeah, so he's, he's not gonna count against them. So no. you know, all right. Um so but that, you've got that helps them a lot.
3: But if you look, your taxi squad has uh, Andrew Ladd, who is making four point three seven five million a year, has got Thomas Hickey who's making one point four two five million a year, thirty five year old and a thirty two year old. So I
2: guess the lad the lad one could be maybe a a trade deal where they gotta go to a, a, a Mark a Stahl deal. It could be a Mark Stahl type deal where you're trading him off to a team trying to hit the floor, like us, for instance. Was, or
3: so that was another like question we got. Ottawa. Was could you see a, a a Mark Stahl type deal happen? And I said, and what we Max said is Mark hmm. Stahl has been surprisingly decent and compared
2: to where it started with the, all of the the banter we and yeah. how we gave him early on. Yeah, absolutely,
3: and you could see a team maybe like Boston going after someone like Mark Stahl because he's a, a veteran defenseman who's been good, and and maybe you get rid of him for a pick, and maybe you take on someone like an Andrew Ladd and a pick and throw them Anthony, Mantha. You get maybe a, a pick and a good prospect, and you take Ladd and you give them Mantha.
2: Didn't okay. Boston just lose a defender for several weeks as well? That was pretty. Was it Carlo? They have a,
0: they have a couple guys out. Uh, yeah, Carlo got a, a concussion, and they had uh, Zaboral, who or is, is it Zaboral? One of their young defensemen, uh, Lozan. It is. Uh, yeah. He's out mm-hmm. for a while too. So I mean, I yeah, they're they they're pretty out. thin
2: at the decor right now. That's that would be an interesting one to watch. I, I would say, like you mentioned.
3: Well, um, stall. Boston has a ton yeah. of people on IR. Brandon Carlo, John yeah, Moore, Andre saying. Kasha, Kevin Miller, Jeremy Lauzon, and Zach Sension. So, yeah, they're um, they're not looking too good on their IR front. But I did see a trade proposal put out by um, someone on cited that had Bobby Ryan and Mark Stahl going to Boston.
2: Uh, I'll say if something else to not forget, too, just for the masses is... They can retain three different salaries in these trades. They being the Red Wings. Yeah. So with Mark Stahl's five mil cap hit, they can take up to what's fifty percent, correct? Yeah. Yeah. That they can take up to. So you're dropping that cap hit down to two and a half mil or whatever it is. How it works out for the remainder of the season to accommodate so a team can accommodate like Boston or whoever's cap strapped as as it is. They can bring him on and not have to worry about anything. I don't think you can do that, though, on Bobby Ryan. So you can only take it to the minimum, correct? Uh, So really, it's not much of a a relief there. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So it was it was causewaycrowd.com. And the the proposal was the Bruins would get Bobby Ryan and Mark Stahl and the Red Wings would get Anders Bjork, Jared Tenorti and a 2021 second round pick. And automatically said, no, because I don't want Jared Tenorti. Why are you giving us that? Just give us Bjork and a pick and, and a second round pick. And you can take Bobby Ryan and Mark Stahl. That's fine. Um, but I don't want to take your garbage. So if you look, mm-hmm. if, if you look at uh, Tenorti right now, he is 29. He's making 700,000 a year. And he has, let's see. Uh, Tenordy, he's bounced between the AHL and NHL more recently, which tells you where he's at in his career when he is uh, 29 years old. Um, but he has uh, six games played. And he's an even zero. He has no goals, no no assists. Uh, he was traded over this season from Nashville, where he played seven games, zero goals, zero assists. So and it was a minus one. Uh, his last full season, he played his last full season in the NHL. He's never had a full season in the NHL. <laughs> that tells you what you need to know about Jared Tenorti. Yeah, he's a plug. I don't That's need it. What he yeah, I don't, I don't need think, it. Yeah. Nope. So so you can keep it. I mean, so I, I you could see like, like you said, Mark Stahl could end up somewhere like Boston, and even people in Boston are thinking we could get Mark Stahl. So. Uh, that would be a win for us considering what we got to take Mark Stahl.
2: True, and I think that's what we're going to end up seeing is the best part. Now, I know that could be wishful thinking on our end, but I, I think what you laid out is something that we could like legitimately expect
0: in a way. Now, my question is to you, Greg. Um, what do you expect on trade deadline day for the Red Wings? what what do I expect or what would i like to see what would you expect and then what would you like to see i guess i would
3: expect now i don't see i don't see bernie getting traded i don't I, I can't remember historically any decent goalie trades happening on deadline day that just jump out at me instantly
0: unless someone gets injured
3: sure unless there's a major injury between now and and April um I think you'll see Luke Glendening get traded. I think you'll see Bobby Ryan was basically brought in to revive his career and be traded. Um, now, that doesn't mean we can't bring him back next season. And I think, and we had talked about it. I think he's a great candidate for, for a return if he is traded. But I, I think you could see them go. I think you could see some salary on Darren Helm retained if, if a team called about Darren Helm for some godforsaken reason. Um, other than that, I don't see you doing anything with Dick Kaiser, who I think had, they had tried to trade the past two trade deadlines or more. Mark Stahl? Um, Mark Stahl, I think is... is Mark Stahl, uh, Luke Denning, and Bernier are probably your best candidates for a trade. I don't think anyone's taking a, a Philpola on the taxi squad. I don't think anyone's...
2: No, uh, no we're uh, not... I would. It's not even... There's it's no. pretty much pointless to waste our breath on those guys.
3: Yeah. So I he's think he's not, not even
2: not trying a playoff be, guy anymore. No. No, no not, not trying to be like a, a dick about it, but they're they're not going to make a team better. No. Not like what a Luke, like if you're looking at a fourth line guy and we're, we're talking about Glenn Denning, Nielsen, and Philpola or Helm, you're looking at Helm and Glenn Denning first, and Glendenning's still the top of that list, and it's by a wide margin.
3: Yeah. So I think you're going to see guys, and maybe you might even trade a guy like Sam Gagne. So that could be one that people aren't really keeping track of that that could happen because Gagne is having a good season statistically, um, a good season. So you could see uh, what I see happening, and I wouldn't like like Max said, I wouldn't trade John Merrill. I'd extend John Merrill because of how good he's been defensively. I I keep Christian Juice. He's an RFA. I, I wouldn't trade his rights away. So yeah. you'll I think you'll see possibly mark Stahl go to a contender i think you'll see bobby ryan go because he's shown that he does have that offense in him and i think you could see them try to trade someone like glute denning now what would i like to see them do helm go glennie go ryan go ernie go because ernie has showed a little bit of a spark recently ernie go ganye go stall go I mean you could keep going down the road. Pretty much if you're Nemeth. a UFA,
0: get the yeah, Greg the wants team. a fire sale. Well, if you're
3: a UFA and and you don't you're not really extension worthy, then why besides John like John Merrill's extension worthy, I think. So if you if you, you don't have a future with the team and we can get a pick for you, load up. Load up on picks.
2: Yeah. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And and Max put it perfectly. Like that is you want your trade chips. Whether it be, or, and, and, and I'm sorry, you, you brought that up, too, is if you want to trade up in the draft and yep. maybe not so much this year, being Iserman, I was going to I wanted to mention this earlier, but he's made it very clear that they're struggling to see the guys that they need to be seen right now. That's why he was such a big one of the main voices trying to push the draft back to, say, December. And that didn't happen. So if you have those future picks for one, or you need to jump up and snag somebody like Chicago did when they took to the cat from under us a couple of years ago, like that—that that is where you you want that capital. And Detroit doesn't have the, the future capital. So I, I still, in my mind, I think the future is what we're going to see more deals revolve around rather than this season, in particular.
3: Yeah, I yep. think I think you're right, Ryan. Is is you could see more futures more futures being dealt definitely uh than than what you may have seen in the past because this is i mean this season is so weird 56 games you have teams miss a bunch of games due to covid you're still having covid cases people sit out can't really trade with the north it's it's just it'll be odd and that's why i think it could be very very quiet especially with seattle expansion Uh, Mm -hmm. i don't think you'll see a whole ton of blockbuster trades or, or
0: big movement I kind of am a proponent of doing it, but I understand why they can't do it. And I think the Seattle expansion draft has a lot to do with it. Because, I mean, think about it. Yes. If they have a guy that they take in the first round, and, you know, granted, he's probably not NHL ready. But what if, let's just say he was... Um, you're not going to have that guy until December. No, that that they can't work like that. It won't work like that. So I mean, how awesome would that be
3: though with the Seattle expansion to have like two drafts at the same time?
0: Yeah, yeah. No, (laughs) I agree with that. But they're not going to do it that way. So I guess. uh, But and it kind of makes sense not to do it that way. I think. It's unfortunate what's going on, but I understand why the NHL is doing what they're doing and trying to get back on a normal schedule where you can have the draft in June or whatever. And, uh, I guess it's going to be pushed back anyways, but yeah, um, draft will be in July. July. Okay, so it's a month back, but then mm-hmm. you know next next spring you have the draft and at normal time the playoffs hopefully end at the normal time and you know we kind of get back on normal schedule. Get back
2: in the June draft.
0: Yeah. Yeah. October start, all that good stuff. Home
2: opener, all of us together again. Like uh, one big, and, and drunken and... family. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: like normal. Yeah,
2: pretty much.
0: Great. Party at Ryan's. <laughs> <laughs> Party at Ryan's house. <laughs>
2: hey, I'll have the new house by then, so this could actually work out great.
0: Yes. Hey, rain check. Rain check for last uh, April.
2: Yeah, yeah, we do. We do need to do that. If that comes about and we are able to go to the opener, I will be spending the money on it. So yep, Awesome. Me too.
3: Yeah, so uh, I think that's gonna wrap our show for tonight. I want to get you guys' final thoughts before we sign off, and we'll start tonight with let me throw a dart, uh, Tyler.
0: Okay, uh. final thoughts. Um, there's some definitely some positivity going on here, although you know it, it's not in the immediate future or in the immediate you know right now and here. It's not but in it, our in our side view mirror. Right, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. You, you guys know I like to use that analogy once in a while, more than once in a while, whatever. But, you know, just look forward to the trade deadline. Hopefully none of your favorite players are going, and if they do, well, guess what? It's a business. Hopefully so all of your favorite get over players it. are going. Suck it up. <laughs> get over it. Uh, all our favorite players from, you know, the teams are all gone now. But anyways, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Sealedog91. Yeah, no
2: to kind of go along with that. It's been it's been happier hockey to watch, I guess I will say. Even it's though it's good out, hockey. Yes, that too. Good hockey is a better word to use there. I, even though I put out there during the Carolina game that hockey is stupid oh. because <laughs> the wings let up, they looked fantastic on the power play only to let up a shorthanded goal and I was angry. But they're competing and we touched on this tonight that they seem to have bought into whatever it is that is happening and it's not it's a completely different team from last year that much we can agree on but it's it's enjoyable hockey and my only fear without going down the rabbit hole of oh shit is that we don't lose that as the season goes on if we do have greg's fire sale of trades so i i guess my positive and takeaway and final thought is yay for good hockey and that's it Ryan 33
3: yeah, my final thoughts are going to be thank you again, Max, for coming on to the show and lending us your wisdom. Uh, we love to have you on and and welcome you back uh, come this off season towards draft time to kind of give you a wrap up of, of what you thought about it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then again, uh, we'd love for you to go to uh, Twitter and follow Hockey at HockeyPodNet, the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, that we uh, love to be a part of. There are a ton of good podcasts on there. If you're a fan of multiple teams, you have a show there to listen to. Uh, I like to give a shout out to Founders, who is the official beer of the Grindline podcast. I also like to give a shout out to Howie's Hockey Tape, where if you use promo code Grindline at checkout, you'll get 10% off. And if you use that same promo code at Bring Hockey Back, you'll get 12% off. You can also go to our merch shop at redbubble.com and search the Grindline. You will find our merch there, uh, where we have t shirts and mugs and and sh- and shower curtains and bath mat a bunch of weird stuff but it's uh i, I put designs up there every once in a while and i'm going to be working on a cider one here pretty shortly nice um, yep uh but again follow us on twitter at grindline pod and that is going to do it for us tonight so for ryan and tyler i am greg you stay classy hockey town